0: What's up, guys? Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. It is Tuesday, September 13th. This is arriving a little bit late due to some complications with the software for uploading the pod. I'm sorry, guys, but uh, nonetheless, all the information that you need is here in your comprehensive offense and defense review as we'll go through both sides of the football, talk about performances, numbers we gathered, and and a lot more. We're going to dig into everything as far as little tendencies I can tell, all that stuff. So, We'll start with the offense. So in this one, the Browns ran uh, 74 total plays. So, uh, you know, if you look at it from the perspective of penalties and all of that, um, they actually ran 83, but 74 was the actual total if you wipe out some of the Panthers penalties that impacted the offense, so on and so forth. So, uh, yeah, we'll dig into some of the data that we find in performance here. Uh, so of the seventy-four plays, I like to go through personnel with you. Eleven personnel: one running back, one tight end. Not as huge a formation for the Browns as last year. I will say, I use a software called True Media to gather a lot of this data for you guys, and it is sort of tough because they still list Demetric Felton as a running back when he's not. He's a wide receiver. He's been a wide receiver, so that makes it tricky. I kind of have to go through, or they'll they'll list two running backs in a formation when it's not or the Browns used Kareem and Nick on the field simultaneously which I think we all like that but that didn't uh, you know when you're looking up data it can give you a deceptive number for how many times there were actually two true running backs on the field so from what I gather 74 snaps you get 45 snaps of 11 personnel which is a high volume for them you know it's significantly higher uh, percentage-wise than what they traditionally have done with Stefanski. The big change, too, is 12 personnel. So you got 18 snaps of 12 personnel, which is one running back, two tight ends on the field there, Uh, which is, again, uh, it's important to understand you get two wide receivers, 11 personnel, you get three wide receivers. You're adding the first two numbers. As a reminder, as we start the year here, first two numbers tell you how many running backs and tight ends, and then you use the remaining number to get to five on how many wide receivers are on the field so 13 personnel which the browns loved last year and the year before as a Stefanski staple only five of those snaps so Jesse James the browns third tight end that they acquired and put on the active roster only five snaps total uh, 13 personnel and then 21 personnel which is two running backs on the field one tight end two receivers you got only four of those snaps and then 22, you got two snaps. So Felton was in for nine total snaps of those. He's seven of those spent. He was running in flat motion. They continue to use him as a decoy. I'll be interested to see if they do anything more than ever decoy him because he's sort of pigeonholed into just being this guy who's running around down the line flat and really not ever seriously getting an opportunity with the football. And I think I think most of the time teams are really ignoring him, so I, I would imagine at some point they'll give him the football. But he was on the field for nine, and then I think you have to track, too, how many times uh, Kareem and Nick were on the field together, truly on the field together. Uh, you didn't get a ton of those, but you got six snaps. But those six snaps were pretty fun. They got creative with them. I like that. So uh, notes from the other side of thing: the, uh, things. The Panthers were in nickel for 46 snaps, 25 snaps of base, uh, from them three linebacker looks which you would make sense to have three backers on the field against 12 13 21 and 22 personnel because obviously uh, you're going to try to match bigger bodies with bigger bodies but that's where the browns can take advantage and they almost had an advantage of a touchdown up the left sideline there to kareem hunt against the linebacker and one-on-one coverage i expect them to go back to that only two snaps of Dimes, so that's six defensive backs from the panthers they only played two of those so that's worth noting Otherwise, from uh, data gathered, you you could talk about your motion stuff, which I always tend to do. Uh, I think you have to to look at total collection of motion. They had 33 shifts. So a shift is a player lines up in one spot, moves to another spot. It's not motion. It's usually really early. You get up to the line, you shift. So they did 33 shifts, and then they did actually 26 motions. So they uh, were were having somebody move pre-snap, for a significant number of plays 59 of 74 why you might ask would they do that well it deciphers a lot of things for what the defense is going to do how do they adjust to the moving player do they bring a person over do they simply slide people around it gives you a man zone indicator that is why Stefanski likes to move people pre-snap I think he does a really effective job of moving those people around the Browns were only in empty personnel uh, sorry empty formations five times which is a little lower than what they did with Mayfield traditionally. They don't want to put Jacoby in that situation all too often. So only five times were they in, as I said, an empty look. 13 blitzes, uh, was, which is five or more uh, coming after the quarterback, is how it's labeled by those who gather data. So only 13 of those dropbacks uh, took place in this game where they brought five or more. On those 13 dropbacks per set, eight for 11, 63 yards. One of his better passing grades came when he was blitzed. So. That to me is a is a nice indicator. Four first downs of those uh, dropbacks uh, came against the blitz, so I, I really do like that from Brissett in this game. Not a great Brissett game, not a good Brissett game, maybe even borderline average to below average. He he was he was okay. I think the thing with Brissett that needs to be said as we sort of start di- turning over and, and digging into a little bit more of that data uh, from from individual plays. I don't think he's accustomed to playing behind a good offensive line, and and the Browns' offensive line wasn't great in this one. I thought. It was good pass pro wise, but there just were times where he looked hurried and flustered and left some clean pockets. You got to remember his time in Indy as a starter was uh, with really before they put together uh, an effective offensive line there in Indy. And then, uh, because if you recall, Andrew Luck retired largely because he was so beat up from that offensive line uh, performance there. And then uh, playing in Miami last year, we know how bad that Miami offensive line could be at times uh, last year in that offense. So, I think he's got to get adjusted to to being patient, understanding that he can go from one read to the next. I thought from a pass pro perspective, they were pretty good. James Hudson needed some help every now and again, but he was good. Pass sets were good, angles were good. I continue to think what I wrote about earlier in this uh, off season that he has a potential skill set to to be a, a right tackle long term. Nasty nature about him, plays really hard. He had that one downfield penalty. A uh, legal man downfield, but it was just, hey man, learning technique here, uh, learning moment I should say. You don't need to be driving somebody downfield on a play action throw. I, I get it, the nasty streak is great, but when the quarterback's rolling opposite from you on run action, you don't need to be downfield. That's a waste of uh, everybody's time uh, when you're doing that. So just, I, I get it. You want to finish blocks, but you can't do that. Uh, cost your team. I should say too, as we uh, before we truly transition away from the data we gather here. Uh, Demetrik Felton, uh, I already noted how many times he was on the field. The Browns ran uh, 11 uh, times. They ran uh O linemen onto the field, so Michael Dunn was on the field. Now, this could be an indicator that 13 personnel isn't quite going away, and when they get Jesse James more comfortable, they'll put him out there a bit more. But 11 snaps came with 6-0 linemen, so Michael Dunn was on the field. He actually snuck out on a pass route. The Kareem Hunt touchdown, he was a backside drag on that little goal line touchdown. So 6 Lyman, uh, they ran 11 times. So that's definitely noteworthy. We'll see what that trend looks like. But again, the Browns ran 74 plays as opposed to Carolina only running 50. So they are not going to always get 74 plays in 38 minutes of possession, but it's a nice indicator of what they're thinking offensively. We'll see what the trends look like over time, but I think that's certainly noteworthy. So back to performances. So Brissett in this one, 18 of 34. I think he left a couple touchdowns on the field. That ball to Kareem Hunt should have been a touchdown that ended up being called for a hold. There was another couple throws to Amari Cooper that I think there's three Cooper throws that could have been huge plays. First was early in the possession, uh, early in the game first quarter, he throws a ball up the right sideline where Cooper was able to get a clean release inside against I think it's just cover one, middle of the field was open, but they're on the right hash, safety sitting on the hash into the boundary, and he sort of puts a lot of, uh, puts too much air under the football, and the safety is able to impact the arrival point. So when you're condensed into the boundary and the hash, and he did a decent job of trying to hold the safety right off the snap with his eyes, but you got to really put that ball on sort of a, trajectory not not necessarily ripped as hard as you can throw it but a better trajectory that doesn't allow that safety to cover ground and when he doesn't have to run full field he's only running into the boundary he's going to get there the next was uh the 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 throw kind of where they run a a play action concept a run action concept he's rolling right Cooper runs a sort of seeming like he's going to run a deep over but then turns uh, at the right across the first hash he, he rotates it Loses the DB, is wide open back the other direction. I think if Brissette could have set his feet, he could have gotten it to him. Instead, he has to throw it, sort of uh, running away from it. It's so open, he decided to throw it anyway. Luckily, as that ball hung in the air way too long, and the safety, free safety, who was out of the play originally, was able to come back, recover, and make the interception the cornerback just ran over Cooper in the end zone so that's another one and then and then obviously we talk about the Kareem Hunt miss up the left sideline and then there was another throw late where JC Horn got beat on a um on a what I call a pylon route where he works inside and then he ends up selling one to them back to the corner and he gets held uh, i think it ended up being called a defensive holding but but it's still if the ball was put out to him a little more it still could have been caught and been a big play so the Cooper stuff, like the box score wasn't great for Amari Cooper, but I'm telling you, he was leaving people all day. Like He was he was doing what Amari Cooper does and creating ridiculous amounts of separation. It should be noted, and this is very important, the Panthers played the highest volume of cover one in week one, 26 snaps. Now, the data isn't in quite from Broncos, Seahawks, and that could alter a little uh, if one of those two teams went high volume cover one. But the Panthers going cover one was... Uh, about what I expected, you know, that volume. And again, it wasn't just like cover one when the Browns were in 12, 13 personnel under center. They ran it 26 times in week one, 18 times uh, the Browns were in the gun. So they had no fear of playing man coverage, beat us, do what you got to do. And, and, and again, when that happens, you're going to get situations where either a coverage bus, and I highlighted one of those coverages where Nick was wide open in the flat, nobody covering him. Uh, There's going to be times where Cooper, who is a creation Uh, specialist with separation that he can get open to so I think the Browns need to prepare for this and I thought they did a great job of figuring some things out and run game off of it hey if they're going to play a high volume of man especially from the gun we're going to do what's called pin pull I highlighted this on the Browns film breakdown uh, OBR Twitter page what happens is you get these guys who are locked on man to man, and when you crack wide receivers, you crack linebackers or DNs, those guys who are playing man coverage will follow them. And then what you do is you block down and you pull the center guard out and around to kick and one pull through. And that's why you saw a lot of chunk plays. The Browns led the NFL in week one. Sorry, they had the third best rush EPA collectively, and they had the fit they had the tied for the most explosive rushes in week one for any team with five. I think it's largely because they identified heavy man-to-man tendencies from Carolina, and here's what we can do run game wise that's going to have them naturally take players out of the game, right? Like they're going to follow these receivers inside. We're going to crack block pull around. It's going to be a two for one. They did it several times and they did it quite effectively. They knew they were going to get a lot of cover one. They did not expect that high a volume. So Luckily, what they did on the fly was be able to create uh, number situations that they liked. I should also note the Browns did a couple tackle-over situations where they had a backside tight end guard center and put Jed on the other side, Uh, so they did some tackle-over creativity as well. I noted two times they ran tackle-over, so that to me is certainly noteworthy. And then uh, we'll kind of leave the the collective data stuff here. 18 missed tackles from the Panthers, most in Week 1 for any team. So the Browns were able to create a lot of yards above expected by making people miss tackles. Nick Chubb leading the the herd there. He forced 11 missed tackles on his own, and that's ridiculous. No other player in the NFL this week, unless somebody from Monday Night Football was able to do it, was able to break more than five. So that's insane Nick Chubb stuff. We'll get there. So again, back to uh, well Let's do this. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, uh, word from our sponsors, and then we will uh, talk about player performance on offense. We'll be right back.
1: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
0: All right, so Brissett in this one again, 18 of 34, 147 yards. Could have easily been a 250-plus day. A touchdown, no interceptions uh, in this one. He did have two graded turnover-worthy plays. I believe one of them was the throw to Cooper that was intercepted, but the pass interference happened. I'm not totally sure what the second turnover-worthy play was off the top of my head. Could be, Could be missing something. I didn't recall anybody from... Carolina dropping an interception so I'll have to get some clarity on that there were two drops accounted for in his collection two throwaways it looks like his time to throw was 2.87 completed seven first downs so all that data looks right now we digging it a bit more granularly so he was 13 of 25 when he was kept clean for 101 yards a touchdown under pressure 5 of 9 46 yards not bad he was 10 of 23 when not blitzed for only 84 yards and then 63 on eight of 11 win blitz. So when they put a lot of bodies in coverage, he didn't, he didn't fare so well. Only one of five in play action. The Browns ran nine play action concepts. He ran on a couple of them, uh, actually four of them. He, he moved around and ran. He was sacked on one, but uh, three others, he he got out and tried to run for yards. So he was one for five for one yard in play action. That's kind of crazy. Like the Browns, usually thrive and play action and they had one deep shot opportunity to Donovan Peoples Jones early that I'll highlight in the uh, notes coming up that I do on the OBR so he was open on a double move they they, what they do is they like to boot and have a three-layer read but sometimes they'll take the deep route and instead of putting him on that pylon they'll send him on a, a what looks the same but then they'll post corner him and he had a chance Jacoby did to set up and throw that thing backside but he must not have liked the backside corner, who I didn't think had a good angle to, to, to end up making a play on it. He must not have liked it. So he ended up running for a couple yards. But yeah, that's, as you look moving forward, what can be better about the passing game? One for five on play action for a yard. Non-play action, 17 of 29, 146. They only ran four screens, completed three of those four. Um, Sorry, they ran four, completed three of the four. They didn't actually attempt one. Jacoby scrambled for a couple yards on one of them but uh, ends up being a 3 of 3, 28 yards for screen game stuff. A lot of that was to wide receivers. They did run one successful running back screen. Another one was sniffed out. That's when he had to run, but three running back screens, 28 yards. Um, So Sorry, three total screens. And then uh, non-screen, 15 of 31 for 119 and a touchdown. So really, listen, it was bad. Collectively pretty bad. He was 0 for 2 on deep balls. His best portion of the field was the 10 to 19 medium range. He was 6 of 11 for 82 8 of 13 in the short uh stuff. He was graded poorly because on deep passes because he just he missed two really uh, big opportunities. They gave him his second turnover. Oh, that's right. It would have been the uh the Harrison Bryant throw. Would have been the second one. He tried to throw one on the move off of play action and he thought he had a statue defender that couldn't find the ball. Well, that wasn't the case. So, that's the second one uh in in my opinion. Um let's uh let's continue on here and take a look at running back play in this one. So if we look at running back play we get a feel for concepts that they use. Nick ran the football 22 times so on the field snaps 24 but he was uh on the on the field to rush the football 22 times 141 yards. you, you really like that really like that output. yards after contact was 88, 11 missed tackles forced, which is what I said earlier 25 was his long rush. He had He had uh, four 10 plus yard carries. He ran 12 zone schemes to 10 gap schemes. He was a, He was a heavy user in the in the wide zone stuff. They went with him quite a bit there, but they used him in the pin pull stuff too, which he was effective in that, as we talked about earlier. They ran four inside zone concepts, 15 outside or wide zone run schemes. They ran lead five times which is somebody pulling, uh, you know, I think they even charted some of those wide receiver lengthy pulls that they were doing as almost an extra blocker. They'd send Felton flat down the line and turn him upfield. And then they ran seven power concepts, which is backside guard for the play side inside. They ran four duo concepts, which is, uh, you know, big on big. Duo stands for sort of that big on big. Some people call it Bob uh, blocking, but it's basically block down power looking scheme without the backside puller so you read that 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 Mike Backer which they did a fantastic job of running duo for that 24-yard Kareem Hunt touchdown uh, that was a, a thing of beauty they ran eight pin pull schemes which again that's what I'm talking about is a huge part of of why they found some run game success they added that variation in there and then they ran a couple trick plays Anthony Schwartz caught a couple of uh reverses ended up gaining 20 yards as well so Nick has a 79.8 run grade. I think that's too low. I just think that's too low. I I really don't think they're giving him enough credit for what he's able to create. He did have one catch in the passing game for two yards. He should have had another that would have been a huge gain. Uh, Kareem Hunt runs 11 times for 46 yards, so a 4.2 yards per attempt number. He does have that 24-yard touchdown. He forced four missed tackles on his own, 51 yards after contact, a 4.64 yards after contact number. He had one 10-plus-yard carry. He ran three gap zone schemes and seven gap schemes. Like, that's exactly what they—he's a gap runner downhill, and um, that, that discrepancy is not uh, it's not unexpected uh, for me. He had rushes for three first downs. He had four catches on four targets because, if you recall, the, the pass interference is not counted, it's a no-play since it wasn't caught. But he caught all four of his targets for 24 yards as well. Uh, which is a nice uh, a nice thing to see uh, as well. And a lot of yards after contact because one of those was the screen that he caught that he ended up running out for 28 or so yards. So that's good. Anthony Schwartz, again, two carries, 20 yards, effective on the reverse stuff, gained some, some nice yards. Jacoby Brissett ended up running, uh, I think he ended up getting charted for actually one run for 10 yards. So um, there was more of that scrambling. I think he scrambled like four times. I'm not sure what that charting is. That's a little strange. Anyway, Let's switch over to off or sorry receiver. Uh, look at how those guys played. Six of eleven um, for Donovan Peoples Jones. Eleven targets, six catches, and again he continues to impress. Like Donovan is not a great separator. He's never going to be. He's not really twitched up, but he can catch tough throws. That is a if you're not going to be a separator, you have to be able to catch throws with people hanging on you or catch throws in weird locations. And I'm impressed. Like his ability to go down and get some of those low throws his ability to pull in footballs with people kind of hanging over his back, fighting to get arms around him. All six of those catches were tough. And and again, I'd have to look here. Uh, He had three of those six catches were contested. He could have had a couple more, but Jacoby missed him on speed-out throws. He's got to complete those cheap yard throws. But yeah, he catches three of three contested catches, which was a big part of his game last year. Doesn't create many yards after catch in this one because he has people hanging all over him. It was interesting to me that he had... 12 slot snaps that's that's pretty high number uh that's certainly of note because he's usually only a wide guy so they created some some opportunities for him in the slot but yeah that he was the primary target receiver and he caught six of those for 60 could have been a bigger game for him um we talked about kareem schwartz had that 19 yard catch they ran in that that pivotal drive he catches that football to keep the clock moving on what's called Chip Kelly mess where you send two crossers and then you have one guy kind of buckle up in the middle of the field and sit over the quarterback's face at about 14 to 10 to 14 he sat there and worked out in the scramble drill right and caught a ball turned it into 19 yards was a heck of a catch so I think week one's a net positive for Anthony Schwartz nothing big but those two reverses were nice and obviously that 19 yard catch at a pivotal moment that other slant should not have been thrown to him tight coverage I think the DB even got a hand on it so he wasn't He wasn't given a drop. There was a drop given to Peoples-Jones and a drop given to Cooper. uh, Sorry, Harrison Bryant. That should have been given to Harrison Bryant down in the goal line. I cannot remember off the top of my head the Peoples-Jones drop. I'll have to think back on that a little bit. Amari Cooper goes three catches on six targets. His, His receiving grade should have been higher. He could have had a huge day, only 17 yards. Frustrating from a box score perspective, but man, he was getting open two of four targets uh, caught from Harrison Bryant 18 yards and then Njoku gets one catch for 7 yards and I, that's got of all things it's got improved now Njoku had a couple opportunities they didn't give him a chance but he should have he's got to get f- 5 plus targets a game there's no excuse for Amari Cooper and Donna and David and Njoku to not be targeted a ton Donovan can get targets too but those are your your top three, and they need to they need to get force fed throws. They just have to. They have to be better at it, uh, getting especially David more than one in a game. You know i I can't express it enough, man. You paid him. You paid him a ton of money. You got to give him the opportunities now. Like it's 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 you can pay. you can get four. You know, John Colasimo, friend of the pod. You guys know that you can pay four guys to, to block at that price. Uh, but but you got to get him involved in the passing game anyway let's look at run uh sorry blocking stats so uh, Wyatt teller your best collective pass blocker in this game in 84.7 grade and again blocking grades to me are I don't I don't trust them I think they're okay a decent metric I thought Wyatt played pretty well especially in in uh pass protection he did not give up any pressures in this one uh, otherwise James Hudson effective he had one the one penalty I talked about earlier he did give up a hurry but I thought he was pretty good he was saved on one Brian Burns spin move back inside where Kareem was inside waiting on that spin move where he would have been beat but a really clean game from James Hudson considering the pressure of going into week one and being the right tackle Michael Dunn came in uh, on his attempts he was really a run blocker as that extra O-lineman but he did get two pass block snaps and, and handled them fine David and Joku, when they left him into pass block, he was in on eight pass block reps, which I get it, they want to protect, and everybody would have been mad if they didn't protect Hudson a little bit more, but I, I gotta gotta get him out, man. Gotta get him out more. But he pass blocked effectively on his eight reps, so that's at least noteworthy. Posich was fine. He gave up a pressure, a true pass set pressure. What again remember what those two true pass sets are like third and predictable. You gotta throw it. There's no play action, you're not running a screen. It's third and thirteen. You gotta get a throw off. How do you block on those? Jedrick Wills gave up four total hurries in this game. I've got opinions on Jed, man. I've got opinions. He gave up four hurries. He grades out uh, as a uh, 63 in pass protection. On true pass sets, he only gave up one true pass set pressure, which is what he's most comfortable at. He's most comfortable and effective at the hardest thing for the tackle position to do, which is why it's so frustrating. Joel Batonio gives up two pressures. He, he didn't have his best game. He gave up one of those in a true pass set scenario, but he gave up another where he got off balance a little bit. And I think that grade is justified for uh his pass protection stuff. Sort of unbalanced. Hudson, effective as heck and run. I mean, like he is a he's got a lot of potential as a run game blocker. Him and Wyatt Teller were phenomenal in this game. They got my highest marks, and Pro Football Focus gave them the highest marks as well. Uh Jed was brutal. Thirty-seven total run blocking snaps, and I think his grades in the forties are being kind. If I'm, if I'm being honest, I, I, I've, I'll just dig into it. I think that guy has an immense amount of talent. If you watch chalk talk tonight, Kyle Murphy will talk about it with me as well. He has an immense talent level. He does a lot of things naturally well. And I'm just going to say this and, and listen, I don't mean to offend anyone or him or anything, but like he doesn't play hard. He doesn't finish blocks. He doesn't finish reps and i worry about whether he has a nasty streak or a love of playing the position because you can be you can get through it in the nfl you can make money off sheer skill as an offensive lineman but for him to ever be an all pro type player which we think he can be he has he has to play hard he has to finish reps there are some embarrassing reps in this game that i really don't want to post because it's a bad look on him and it's a bad look on um you know, the, the, for everything in the organization when you do that, I just, there's some bad reps, and I cannot imagine Callahan's just sitting in there okay with it. I just question, does this guy love football? Does he love football? Does he love the nasty part of being an offensive lineman? Because I don't see it. He, he does not play hard. He doesn't. And he's still good enough because he's got so much talent to get by, but there are some embarrassing reps on tape. So we'll leave it at that. I don't really want to dig too far deep into it. Pocic was fine. Caught off balance a few times. He's just not the athlete J.C. Treader was. He doesn't carry the same strength in his base, but he was fine. He's a he's a marginal center, and when you play next to two pretty good guards, you're going to get away with that uh, quite often. So his grades in the low 50s and high 40s were, uh, to me, justifiable. Batonio was average in this one. I thought he was okay. He gets a 58-2 in zone and a 59-7 in gap, so... That feels about right. So we'll switch off to the defense and talk about defense, but that, that puts a bow on offense. They should have scored 35 plus. There were so many opportunities missed. We're going to talk about the defense and, and the few plays that cost them, but the defense is way out in front in terms of performance than the offense. But the good thing is, I do think this offense can find Kevin Stefanski's getting people open. People are open. Finish the concepts complete the throws and they can put up points they adjust so well in game to things that can be open in the passing concepts and how they can run the football effectively they have got to be better 26 should have been 35 to 40 in this game genuinely so that's a little silver lining to some frustration I know we're all feeling so one last quick break and then we'll switch over and talk about the defense Okay, switch over talking about defense now. Fifty snaps. They they were not on the field a ton. Carolina. They only went for um, two hundred and sixty one yards. Fifty snaps. Four of eleven on third down. Browns got them off the field often. They created one turnover. Should have been, should have been more. Man, like some Mayfield throws that got bailed out. There was uh four fumbles. Three of, of those fumbles from Mayfield were his own creation. That part was frustrating, especially the strip sack from Miles that could have easily been a turnover deep in Carolina territory that somehow that football squirts back to Mayfield is so bizarre to me, but only 21 minutes of possession too, so pretty good all around. Looking at this side, snap stuff that stands out to me uh, when looking at players individually is Grant Delpit on the field for uh, all, all snaps, John Johnson on the field for every single snap, and then Newsom on the field for 48, but this is where it's tough for Newsome, and and I kind of highlighted the blown palms coverage that feels like it's certainly on him. We'll see if they ever confirm that. He's inside now, man. He had 18 snaps a corner and 22 in the slot. Like, he's got to shift his frame of mind and remember coverage rules from different positions, and that is, that is a challenge, especially for a young player, so we'll see if he responds. JOK on the field for 45 of 50. 45 for Denzel, 45 for miles. The big guys, the, the big names played a lot. They were ready to go week one and the breaks they were receiving helped them stay on the field a ton. Taven, Brian, 44 Clowney, 44. Martin Emerson gets 42 snaps as the third corner. Jordan Elliott, 41 Walker, 36 Harrison and Phillips are your next two at 22 and 20. Anthony, sorry, Alex Wright gets 17 as well. So, We'll talk about grades in a minute. I want to talk about how they use their personnel. Nickels, uh, snaps, were uh, the most common, as is always the case these days. They ran 31 of those in nickel. 30 of those were against 11 personnel from the Panthers. So one time the Panthers were in a heavy look, and uh, the Browns matched it with nickel. They blitzed nine times out of nickel, so that's a pretty good volume number for them. Base, they were in base uh, with three linebackers. Taki Taki comes onto the field 10 times. All of those 10 times were against 12 personnel. Matching, again, linebackers to tight ends. One blitz. They were in dime for eight snaps, and they blitzed two times out of dime. They were in one time on the goal line with three DBs, so that kind of puts you at the 50 total. But 12 blitz snaps. The dime stuff was interesting to me. They ran some three-down linemen stuff. Uh, got a sack on one of them, and and that was great. And then I think they created a turnover. That interception from Delpit came on it, too. That three-down stuff is new. They did run some dime with four-down, but what they do is they, they were doing three-down. They were taking that off and then adding Harrison onto the field or an extra backer. So when they went three-down, they'd have JOK, for example, JOK, um... Uh, would be out there Uh, you'd have uh, Walker out there and then you bring Ronnie Harrison onto the field and get creative with those guys up mugging near the line of scrimmage and creating some different blitz looks to manipulate pressure so all that stuff was in play so they were four times in this one uh, they went three down which is which is unique that's different for them and I know that they talked about that in the offseason so that was fun to see it manifest itself on the field Uh, coverage wise they they didn't run as much quarters as I expected. They ran cover three, the highest volume, uh, 18% man snaps. So they ran some cover one, only seven snaps of cover one, but they, they ran 18% of man and then 76% zone. So from my tracking, they ran cover two on the, or sorry, cover zero on the goal line, just man to man twice. Cover one, seven times cover two. Uh, they ran four times. They ran cover three, 26 times their highest usage number cover four five times and cover six which is down corner and quarter quarter half over top of it they ran that six times as well so the sixth highest use of cover three in the nfl in week one uh from from the browns in this one so to me again uh, about what i would expect uh, but the cover three cover four splits tilted heavily to cover three so that seems like that's who they want to be one of the busts in coverage was cover three when they didn't have enough guys on the field i've written that up if you want to take a look at it uh, the 50 yard throw to ian thomas and then the Palms bust, which is a cover four look. So uh, they split those up uh, pretty evenly from a grades perspective. Miles Garrett's off the charts, highest grade in the NFL in week one, a 94.4, six total pressures, two sacks, a forced fumble. He was all over the football field, three stop tackles, it's just a typical Miles game where he's just abusing a young player in Akeem uh, Iquani, so uh, he took advantage. He was actually lined up inside a couple times, which I found to be really fascinating. They put him and Clowney on the same side. He was credited with having, of his 45 snaps, seven of those inside. So I like that wrinkle. JOK grades out well, 78.3. I thought that was justified. Three stop tackles. He had that ridiculous little ghost duck under that Brandon Thorne, who's a great O-line, D-line study. Uh, he put that, that clip out, which I was going to eventually. It was phenomenal. Uh, Clowney, a 76.3 grade, two batted passes. He was a menace to Mayfield. Two total pressures. He had a stop tackle. He played very well. Anthony Walker moved very well. It continues to be a nice mic for them. Tough to get him off the football field. Seventy three four grade, fitting. A couple pressures on his end, three stop tackles, tied with JOK and Miles for the best in the group. Tommy I only eight snaps, but a nice grade. Nice grade in this one. Uh, You like that? Taki Taki, only 10 snaps, but he gets a nice grade. Emerson, Martin Emerson, in his uh, first game, was targeted four times, so only gave up three catches for, let me see here, yards he allowed. 27 is what they credited him with. So um, that feels about fitting. And then Alex Wright, too, had a pass knockdown. He had a pressure. He had two tackles in the game, a stop tackle. I thought his 17 snaps were very encouraging. On the struggle side of things, Isaac Rochelle only played six. He struggled, but Jacob Phillips played twenty snaps and he was bad. He continues to miss too many tackles. His two missed tackles were the most on the team. I'm I'm concerned about long term for him. I really am. I don't I don't know if he can handle it. He just he just is, is over pursuing or he doesn't process it right, or he's just not where he's supposed to be way too often. Grand gets an interception. That helps him overall, but a couple coverage busts they put on him. Uh one of them they put on him. The other one was Bluntly obvious to Greg Newsom that gives up a touchdown. Those guys are kind of your low-end graders. They gave Taven Bryan, who had three total pressures, a poor grade. I thought Taven played well. I thought Jordan Elliott played well. Jordan Elliott had the third highest pressure rate among defenders in week one. So, again, I don't trust all of the grade stuff here. I thought Taven and... Jordan Elliott were fine Perry on Winfrey got five snaps 22 snaps from Ronnie Harrison that I think this is noteworthy is that they used him all over the field they used him in big nickel stuff which was surprising he had 11 slot snaps which is an encouraging usage for him he was in the box for eight snaps as a dime backer where they want to go with as much speed as they can and then 11 slot snaps a couple outside at corner too so he was a little bit of everywhere so That's your coverage, or sorry, your your snap count stuff, alignment stuff. Your best run defense grades were from Clowney, John Johnson, JOK, and Walker. I think that feels pretty right to me. I thought they played the run well. I thought Miles played the run well too. He's kind of in the middle a little bit there uh, as far as his performance against the run. They they they, this is new how they're tracking run defense grades. Phillips and Harrison at the bottom, but the Browns defended the run well. So everybody. Had a pretty decent grade, and I think it's justified, man. I mean, they they only allowed 54 yards uh, rushing on the game, and they had, you know, if I'm looking at 19 rushes for 54 yards. Everybody, I thought, played pretty well. Coverage stuff is where it got dicey because of the bust. Like, Jacob Phillips gets a bad coverage grade because he didn't handle play-action concepts well. Grant Delpit, because he's a part of a couple. He played a role in both of those busts and then uh, played a role in another chunk play. He didn't get the, the credit for that. But but again, I just Grant had a, a decent game, but got to clean some things up. Greg Newsome in that Palms bus leads to 75 of his 87 yards allowed on the game in past stuff. Uh, they gave Clowney that screen that was perfectly drawn up uh, to to McCaffrey on the final drive. Clowney's in no man's land on that, man. I've talked about this four plays. If you take four plays out of that game, the Browns absolutely dominated it. So, um yeah, it just that call there on the screen where they brought a field blitz and dropped Clowney out into the boundary, and wheeled him out. But there was, you know, they released three guys to block up field on a screen, and it was just perfect call against the perfect uh, call against the defense. So it, it, that happens sometimes. The other people are paid too. Your best coverage guys were Emerson, Jok, Walker. So you like that your linebackers covered well. Emerson Ward covered well. Ward only gave up two of three. Targets his direction, two for catches for thirty-three yards. So that's encouraging as well. He had a pass breakup also. The only D B pass breakup. Four four knockdown passes uh, collectively for the defense up front, which is encouraging. So I listen, I thought the defense played really well. I thought there was a ton to really like. I think if you're if you're craving more video of what it looked like, check out as you're a subscriber, check out the all twenty two defense notes I'll have up later today. So that'll be out there for your consumption. And if you want to see some of the stuff I'm talking about here, you can have that special teams wise. I thought every unit was pretty good. I didn't have any issues. The kick coverage was good. Cade was kicking it out of the end zone. The punt team was good. Bjork was, good. He was pinning people on the sidelines, had a nice pin down to the five yard line. He did get one. They punted into the end zone, but I think that was late in the game and they just wanted to get that football punted no matter what. So um, highest grades in specials. Uh, Taki Taki played, Here's your guys who are playing a ton of special teams AJ Green, Jordan Kunizic, Herb Miller, who's now gone. They'll replace him. I think it's fair. He had a penalty on the kickoff team. Um, Tony Fields, DeAnthony Bell, and Taki Taki all got over 20 snaps. Jerome Ford got 12, Harrison 11, Delp at 10. That's about normal for most guys who start. Your core special teams unit, Green, Kunizic, uh, Herb Miller, and then now he'll be replaced by the, the the I cannot remember the name of the player they just brought in, Tony Fields, DeAnthony Bell, Taki Taki. Taki Taki and Bell both had a tackle. Jerome Ford had a tackle in this one. Uh, one missed tackle for A.J. Green, but not it wasn't in a situation. He kind of changed the direction. It wasn't a bad missed tackle. Herb Miller had your significantly worst specials grade. Uh, I think that's pretty fair. Taki Taki had your best special teams grade, which is uh, what you want to see. I think that's your core special teams unit, and they were pretty good in this game. We know the punting was good. The kicking, four field goals made, man. That saved everything uh, for the Browns in this one. So, um, yeah, that's a wrap. Listen, we talked everything comprehensively I try to bring. If there's ever something you want to know, feel free to hit me up on Twitter, and I can help you out and, and uh, you know illustrate some of the points I'm talking about here from a football jargon perspective. But I hope you guys enjoy these. I'm condensing them into one episode. I'm not doing two separate. So, one episode. I will do of these all the time. There's a chalk talk show tonight on the OBR. That's at seven o'clock. We will do that. We'll have Kyle Murphy, John Stephenson on, and we'll break down some of Jacoby Brissett's tape and look at the offense uh, collectively, Uh, not just the offensive line, what we do with Kyle, but we'll we'll break that out a bit more. And then I like some insights. John brings on the coverage stuff and the defense collectively. And we talk about some of the breakdowns in coverage, uh, what happened. We'll highlight those for you as well. So that's a wrap on today's episode. Thanks for hanging out on this Tuesday. Uh, Like I said, Chalk Talk at 7 tonight. We'll see you there. Check out the OBR for the All-22 scouting notes uh, from what I've uh, broken down from the past few days. So appreciate all your support, guys, for the OBR, Twitch, website, and this podcast, Uh, and have a great Tuesday, okay? Have a great Tuesday, and we'll check in with you tomorrow. Jared Mueller will be on for his usual spot. And we will break down some other things from this game. Talk about things for the next one, maybe a little bit too. So we'll see you then. Thanks for showing up today and appreciate you listening and your patience. Have a great day. Go Browns.
1: Mother's Day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement.